You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Make your way back to your seats. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Father's house. If this is your first day, hey, if it's your first time here on a Sunday morning, getting quite a bit of reverb here. Uh, If this is your first time here, um, would you lift your hand up high? It's your first time at our church, real high. Anybody? Come on, we got a few down front. We got a few over here. Can we welcome them to the church? <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and let me just make something clear. Like I know we say, like we want you to be where God wants you, but we we do welcome you here. <laughs> you know what I mean? But ultimately, you know what we're saying is we we just want you to be led of the Lord. You know, especially especially if you've left the church. Are you hearing me? especially if you've left the church recently and maybe you're upset or you're mad, but you know, we want you to be led of the Lord. Uh, You'll find out a lot of people will come to me and in the past they have, and they'll complain about their old church or they'll complain about their pastor and they'll realize that I'm just not the one. I don't really want to hear that. It doesn't make me feel good. You know what I mean? Uh, That your last pastor sucked for last of better words. You know what I mean? It doesn't. That's not what we want to hear. You know, anything you're probably going to hear from me, like, hey, you should probably deal with that bitterness and that unforgiveness. You should probably deal with that between you and the Lord. Amen. Before it takes root and becomes something you don't want it to be. Amen. So quick, very important announcement. Also, if you're tuning in with us online, we welcome you guys as well. Um, a very, very important announcement, August 13th. Somebody say August 13th. It's a Sunday, 6 p.m. You want to put this in your calendars. We have a very, very important church meeting that you do not want to miss. If, if this is your church, especially if you are a member, you do not want to miss that meeting, August 13th to 6 p.m. Also, Pastor Dan Reynolds will be with us that morning. I can't wait. How many of you were here when Pastor Dan was here? I know I've been having like a lot of bald, redheaded guys here. I don't know what's going on with that. Um... Um, so anyways, I, I, you notice I kept this up higher this week, you know, just to make myself feel better. Uh, if you were here, he called me short, but he's like 6'3", you know what I mean? Come on now. Uh, but anyways, you don't want to miss August 13th to 6 p.m., a very, very important announcement for vision for the future of the Father's House. You don't want to miss. Um, so, um, and man, and also, if you missed the workshop last week that Pastor Stephen Beauchamp put on about deliverance, man, you missed out. Um, you know, we say things that I don't like in the church. People are like, well, the people who are supposed to be there were there. Not true. <laughs> there was a lot of people who should have came who did not come, right? How many of you know that if you skip church because you're just being lazy, you were supposed to be there, <laughs> right? We just say silly things all the time. The ones who were there, yes, yes, we, I understand. The ones who were there, we got to receive um, but if, if you weren't there, we're going to be putting that on YouTube here soon. 
Um, I don't know about you guys, but you know, we, I grew up in a charismatic church around charismatic people, and and honestly, just I had a lot of learned behavior about how to do warfare, how to cast out demons, what does spiritual warfare look like, and and really having a wholesome, a biblical approach to warfare, and and even just praying prayers that are right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Instead of just saying weird things like we bind that spirit of addiction right now. And if that was true, then it would just every single problem in this room, we could just bind it. Or Stephen brought up a really good point. Jesus just could have bound the devil, right, and stopped him. And so could Paul, but he did not. He had to go out and proclaim the gospel and give people an opportunity to come out of agreement with the enemy and come in agreement with the gospel and the good news. Amen. So, so, so good. And go back and listen to it. Really, really good. Um, also, our goal uh, is to have in the future uh, some type of, of deliverance ministry here at our church. We're, we're not going to sit here at our altars and yell at demons for two to three hours and, and try to have a, a power struggle with people. But we do want to offer something uh, where people can experience that type of deliverance. And let me tell you this. I love what Pastor Stephen said. He said, every time the gospel is preached, the Bible is preached, there's an opportunity for an, an, an amount of deliverance from old thinking to step into right thinking. And our freedom ministries is a nice word, not to freak you out, for deliverance, right? And it's about renewing your mind and breaking strongholds off of your life. And it's pretty amazing. Man, you don't wanna miss freedom. I'm gonna go ahead and plug it right now. Everybody say freedom. You do not wanna miss freedom. Freedom will be and is our plan to be the culture, the heartbeat of our church is that you're not just saved, but you're walking healthy and whole, amen? That you're not just punched your ticket to get to heaven, but you're alive, you're fully alive with Jesus. Does that make sense? How many of you wanna be fully alive (laughs) and not just born again, going to heaven and still depressed and bound? Come on, man, we gotta have hope. I'm gonna preach another message. Okay, I gotta stay here. Come on, Jesus. So, anyways, we want you to be free. Sign up for freedom. Um, so, over the last few weeks, I've been praying. Probably about two weeks ago, I was praying about, uh, Lord, what do you, uh, uh, me and my wife got to go on a little vacation. Uh, we call them family trips now because we've learned that there's not a lot of rest involved when you have four children. You notice I stood, if, if you have kids under six, I have three of those. And it's not a lot of rest going on and recovery when we go anywhere with our children, right? And I don't know about you, but when our kids are at that younger age, it, could, it doesn't matter if we took them to Disneyland for 18 days. As soon as we left Disneyland, they'll say something like this, what are we doing now? I'm like, what? <laughs> we just did stuff for every day, for hours. Where are we going now? We're going home <laughs> for six months. <laughs> and we're gonna do nothing. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, no, you're terrible parents, you know. I'm the only one, okay. See, some of you can learn if you're new here at the Father's house. Come on, the joy of the Lord is our strength. You can smile. Look at your neighbor and just smile right now, because we have a decently hard message this morning that's coming from the pulpit. So you might as well smile now. <laughs> you might as well smile now. That's a good smile up there, Jim. I know you're smiling because of my lawnmowers. Yeah, so bless you. Inside joke. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, the Lord started speaking to me about uh, talking about the fear of the Lord. Amen? One amen. Good. Great. That's why I'm preaching on it. Um, it's just about the same time. Every time I hear us talk about money and tithe and giving, there's like two amen. Who's ready to give? It's like, like that. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? And it just shows me like, oh man, I probably need to teach on this soon. Probably need to get into this and have us really. We got to probably. We probably have some wrong thinking. We're thinking about giving wrong thinking about the fear of the Lord. So at the Father's house, we're real big, obviously, on God being Father and being Abba. But I'm here to tell you, the Bible says, I think over 300 and something times, a phrase that goes like this: that you should fear God. That the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord. I'm going to try my best to paint a, a, a biblical, a wholesome approach, a, 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 and not just try to sway one way or the other, or try to make the Bible say something it doesn't say. Um, but I want, to, I want to just preach and teach with clarity this morning. I pray for you all. So let's just, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would come in this room right now, Lord. I pray for a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to prophetically declare your word this morning, Jesus. God, would you fill me up fresh and anew? Would you use me? Jesus, I pray that you give your people eyes to see, uh, ears to hear, and hearts to receive, God, that we would be open, that the soil of our hearts would be like, God, I want to learn. We come like children this morning to learn something new and to receive something from you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. Lift out your hands like you want to receive something. Don't worry, this is good. And repeat after me. Jesus, I receive. Anything that's from you and anything else, I don't receive it. That's pretty good. It's getting a little louder in here when we do that, so they are not as afraid to say it. Um, so, oh man, I got a lot to say. What's new, right? I'm always, I always, we have a joke around my house. I'm like, man, I don't know if I got enough to preach about. And they're like, Bro, are you serious? And it's funny, and Maddie will be like, how many pages do you have? And I'm like, I got like six. She's like, you're not even getting close to two of those. And I'm like, are you sure? Um, so I have a lot to say, and a, lot of, a lot of my study, but I really want, um, I, I know the Lord has put his finger on a, few, uh, on a few parts of this this morning that I really feel like we're gonna have an opportunity. Also, at the end of this message, I feel like uh, I wanna try to activate this a little bit. Somebody say activate. Let, let me put it like this, uh, respond. <laughs> we have a response to this this morning. And I feel like maybe at the end of our service, we're just gonna take a moment. We're probably gonna just maybe bow in our seats and just get, you know, just to literally get before the Lord and just say, man, God, you're holy. Amen? And I, I, my goal is that this morning, so what is the fear of the Lord? So in the Bible, the word fear is described a few different ways. It's sometimes it's described as terror and afraid. Um, and sometimes it's res, uh, described as respect um, towards a master that you, would, uh, that you would serve your master in a fearfully way. Basically, res, you would respect that person, and out of that respect, it would make you serve wholeheartedly. Does this make sense? Uh, and then another one would be, which is my favorite, would be that the fear of the Lord means to be in awe in one's presence. I love that part. That, that actually, biblically, the fear of the Lord is kind of a mixture of these three, if we want to keep it biblical. I know sometimes we, we like to just, and here at the Father's house, I want to make it clear, yes, he is a father. Yes, he's a loving dad. He is Abba, but he is also the Lord of heaven's armies. He is also the Lord of hosts. You know what that means? Host means the host of angels, the Lord of heaven's armies, that he is not a puny pushover God that's weak and small. He is the Lord God Almighty. And the fear of the Lord starts with this type of understanding, 
that we stop treating him just like this, 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 this buddy of ours that just comes in the room and we don't really care that he's there just because we've realized, well, he loves me. Yes, he loves me, but who is he? He is God. He is God. And this is where the fear of the Lord really starts is we get a good understanding of him. And, and don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we're supposed to uh, be afraid of him. Like, oh my gosh, he's gonna kill me. How many of you know to the unbeliever, there's a different type of fear that they should have, right? And I remember, I used to listen to a lot of Little Wayne, unfortunately. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Did my phone just beep through the microphone? Oh, okay, anyways. Um, <laughs> I'm so confused. I was like, what's a, a sign from God? <laughs> For those of you still listening to Little Wayne, <laughs> okay, let me just make it a little more real this morning. You're listening to Little Wayne still because you don't truly understand the fear of the Lord. And so I used to listen to Little Wayne. I remember Little Wayne had on his, uh, on his eyelids. chance you can find a tattoo in our jail right now that says something like this only God can judge me <laughs> you ever notice that the people completely living in the world who do not fear God who they have this misunderstanding of like man only God can judge me and I'm like hold on a second that should actually make you afraid because he is you're right my opinion of you doesn't matter that the church's opinion of you doesn't matter, that people's opinion of you, you're right, doesn't matter, but the reality is that God is a righteous judge, that he is the judge, he is holy, he is completely separated from evil, and the Bible says, listen, the word that we have to bring isn't that you're a sinner, the word that we have to bring is we are all sinners. And too, too much the church has come at the angle, you're this, it's like, no, we're this. Wear this. And there's no separation of which sins are worse than other sins. And, and, but the reality is, is that, that yes, if you die in your sin, then he is a good judge. You're guilty. He has to judge justly and you're guilty. Right? And this is what is so beautiful. That the God, this is what makes the gospel truly the amazing grace. Is that this God himself would leave his throne, that this God himself would come down, that he himself would take care of the problem, that he would humble himself like a baby, and he would not just die for you, but he would die in your place. This is the gospel. This is the kind of stuff that will get you walking in the fear of the Lord when you get a true understanding of who he is and what he's done. Man, come on. We need the fear of the Lord. We need the reverence and awe and respect of God. And we <laughs> only God can judge me. Yes, that's true, actually. And he's going to. And without the blood of his son, you will be judged. And the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. That means you've earned death. We all have. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the Bible goes on to say something like this. But when we were yet sinners, Christ died for me. That's the good news. And if I would believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that he is Lord, I will be saved. This is the good news. And so 
I remember I was just asking Mercy, and she's five years old. I said, Mercy, are we supposed to be afraid of God? And she just said something like this, Dad, no. (laughs) She's got some pretty good theology. And she said, and I said, well, why not? And she said, Dad, hey, God protects us. You know what I mean? So simple. I thought, okay, this is the reality of the fear of the Lord, that when we're with him and we're under his blood and his blessing, we are under his protection, provision, and his house and his love and his care. And my five-year-old gets this so much that when she's asked, are you supposed to be afraid of him and be in terror of him? Because in a sense, what the Bible is not saying, because fear has this idea of like hiding from. God is not calling. Remember in the garden when they start to hide from him, he said, where are you? And then what did he do? He went to them still. He pursued them still. God is a loving, caring father that's so much, yes, he's righteous. Yes, he sits on this throne. Yes, he is a judge, but he loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son. He is a God of love and compassion. So my five-year-old saying, hey, We don't have to be afraid. He's protect us. This is who we are with him. I remember, um, this is real dumb. (laughs) Some of you are going to laugh. Some of you are going to think, whatever. But when I was in jail one time, I've only been there once. (laughs) And unlike some of you, just kidding. I was in jail and multiple times. But I, I used to get in there and my mom would be like, you need to read your Bible. I don't know about you, but I got in the Bible while I was in jail. Not a lot to do. I grew up in, the, grew up in church, and I'd get in that low place and realize that you're right. I do need to read my Bible. This sucks. And I'd get to reading the Word, but I would do dumb things. Like I would find cool scriptures, and I would think about them for future tattoos. And I got to Proverbs 9, verse 10, and it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And I got it tattooed down my ribcage while I was a drug dealer. Freaking idiot. <laughs> I was right there with little Wayne and them. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with God. And I'm not just trying to talk about little Wayne. This is just part of my life. I remember when I went to his concert, the first thing he said was, I just want to thank God. Listen, you cannot thank God and curse God and enjoy sin and entertain sin at the same time. The Bible would go on to say good water and bad water, clean water and dirty water cannot come from the same fountain. To, to love God is to hate evil. <laughs> Come on. And I'm not here to just talk about some weird religious thing and you're going to go to hell, but I am here to say we got to put God in his rightful place. We got to put him in his rightful place and we got to live with the reverence and respect for him. Our kids, our family, no one and no one's going to really respect him. So our culture at the Forest House is not, uh, don't hear what we're not saying. We're not saying that we're not supposed to be in reverence in all of him. And we're supposed to just, you know, just treat him like a, you know, just just be honest. Most of us, we're not just like we treat our dads. Sometimes we're, we're way too, uh, I don't know what's the right word. Uh, we're, we're way too, we let our mouth go too far with our own parents, right? And our own siblings. Imagine, just imagine, how would you talk if Jesus was in the room? You know what I mean? And, and this, is, this is, I'm preaching to myself this morning, okay? 
But how would we talk? And I know the Lord is saying, we need the fear of the Lord in the church. And this is not, uh, everybody, get down, pay attention, iron rod. It's just, no, give him the respect he's worthy of. That's it. Just give him the honor. And if you do, you will see that the promises and your destiny will be fulfilled from walking in the fear of the Lord. You will see there's benefits, there's life, there's blessings that come. So I remember I got this tattoo. I mean, I was so silly. I got the whole uh, crucifixion scene tattooed on my back. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, I had a, I was deceived. God, you left me. No, he never left me. I didn't left him. I'm here to tell you this morning, God is not gonna ever force you to come to him. He comes, he knocks on the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Will you let me in? Will you, what are you gonna do if I let you in? I'm gonna forgive you. I'm gonna love you. You're gonna lose the shame and the condemnation from everything you've ever done in your life. When you let me in, I get rid of shame. You don't have to be in church anymore and be ashamed of what you're not doing. You come into church, you boldly approach the stone of grace and you say, I'm forgiven. And shame falls off of you. It's not just a scare tactic to get you scared of hell and get you into heaven. It's to open the doors to the kingdom of God is grace, mercy, and truth. That you would get a hold, that you would, be, you would get the benefit, you would get his reward, and he would take your punishment. This is the gospel. And once we get a hold of what we've actually exchanged for our sin, we'll live in the fear of the Lord. But if you don't think what he did for you was a big deal, you won't live in the fear of the Lord. You won't live in the reverential respect and awe of God if you're like, yeah, he, he died for me. Yeah, he's here. No, he is king of kings and Lord of lords. And he's here, and that should make us want to be like, whoa, he's here. I remember I was at the rehab recently, and on the way there uh, in Ohio County, I got there and I said, man, let, let his presence and let what he's done for you, don't ever let it not be a big deal. Always live in light of, man, God, this is such, what you did for me was such a big deal. Not just like, oh, oh, the cross, what you've done was more than enough. Yeah, that's cool. What time's lunch? You know what I mean? That we connect our hearts and, man, God, let's think about what you've done. Maybe you need to go watch the Passion of the Christ again. You know what I mean? And see how passionate he was. You know what's crazy? that that week of his life is even called the passion. That's what he was passionate about. What was he passionate about? You. And he endured the suffering to get to you, right? And if you can get a good hold of that, we can live in the fear of the Lord and stop getting tattoos that say only God can judge me. And just, because what we're really saying is, because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. What is it saying? It's saying people who don't have any respect and awe of God, you actually cannot have wisdom. And you're wondering, and that's what it says in Romans 1 as well, that they did not fear the Lord and they went their own way. They came up with their own idea of who God is and who life is and they had no wisdom. You won't, you won't walk in wisdom in life whatsoever when you're trying to make up your own truth. Jesus is the truth, he's the way, and he is the life, amen? 
So we want a deep reverence for him. We want to get a hold of his power, his might, and his beauty, and his brilliance. You know, Jesus would perform, I mean, just, just think about this. Guys, like, I like to put myself in situations in the Bible, like when the sea split. Could you imagine? If you were walking through the waters when he split the sea, you would be walking in the reverence and fear of God. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, Lord, he's powerful. <laughs> And it's so powerful that they didn't even want to mess with God. They wanted to send Moses. They're like, no, 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 you talk to him. <laughs> you go up on the mountain, speak for us, come back, give it to us. <laughs> you know, this is kind of crazy. He is that powerful. This, this God just beat the most, the most powerful person on the earth, which was Pharaoh. And he, came, he overtook Pharaoh. And we're like, whoa. And it's because he is a man of power. He is omnipotent. These aren't just cool words, church. He actually is all-powerful, all-knowing. You know what I mean? And we, we, in order to really get in this fear of God, church, before we get into worship and we sing these songs like, you know, we, we fall down, we lay our crowns. You see this throughout the whole Bible where people, God would show up, and what would they do? They'd fall. <laughs> whoa. And what would God say? Hey, don't be afraid. Get up. But their natural response was, whoa. <laughs> the Lord is in this place. The king of glory. And I feel like we've, we've, even songs probably don't help a lot of the times. It's just become such familiar language to us. The words like king of glory and his presence are just words we've sung forever and they're not even really connecting in here. We're like, let us become, that's why I love that part, more aware of your presence. Like, this is it. If we can get that, Man, we'll be people unabandoned, unashamed for the gospel because we'll know that he's with us. And so all throughout the Bible, you see, you remember when Peter, when Jesus, uh, they told him to throw the nets on the other side of the boat and then it filled up the boat so much, what happened? Peter immediately falls on his knees, falls before the Lord. When you get around and you understand God's power, you will live in the fear of the Lord. He wasn't just like, oh God, you're here. <laughs> The God we read about is here, this powerful God. You see this with John in Revelation where Jesus would show up and what happens? He falls down. This is John who was close to Christ. And you notice he didn't just be like, oh, what's up, bro? My boy. It's like, no, he shows up in glory and he falls before him. One of his closest friends. Because there was a healthy respect and reverence for the Lord. Does this make sense? I know it's quiet in here this morning, but I'm excited. Because I know that this needs to shift, not just in the Father's house, it needs to shift in the church in general. There has to be an awakening, not of being just afraid and being fearful and hiding from God, but an awakening of respect and honor and servanthood to the Father. That we serve him with all of our hearts. That we worship him with all of our hearts. That we give with all of our hearts. That we're completely unabandoned. We don't care what man thinks anymore about us. We only care what God thinks. The fear of man completely is in opposition against the fear of the Lord. Those things go, literally, they come against each other. Man, the demons, you know the scripture that says even the demons believe and tremble, right? Like they got a good understanding of who they're dealing with, right? They're scared to death. Every one time they're like, Jesus, don't torment us. Like we know who this guy is. They're basically saying we have a, we're putting him in his proper place of authority. 
That's really what I'm trying to say this morning. We're not trying to make him something he isn't. We're just trying. Did you know that song that says, you know, we say things like this. We magnify the Lord. How many of you ever said that out of your own mouth? Come on, let's magnify the Lord. And this is kind of cheesy, but it's true. Did you know when you put something under a magnifying glass, the object doesn't get bigger, just your view of it gets bigger? I know it's getting deep. (laughs) But when we magnify him, how many of you know we can't make God bigger? We can't make him uh, um, uh, any more God. We can't make him more mad. We can't have him have more majesty and more glory. All it is is we come into the right perception of his majesty and glory. When we say let's magnify him, we're saying let's see him for who he actually is. He's here. He's in the room. Not God. We, we're making him bigger. We're trying to make him into this bigger thing in the room. No, he already is that. We're just coming to agreement of what he is and who he is to us, that he is a really, really big deal. Amen? Revelation eleven seventeen says, we give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and began to reign. Come on, we sing songs like, you reign above it all. You, man, this is real life. He is at the right hand of the Father, and he's ruling and reigning. Like he's a king, church, not just a father. And this king just so happens to be our father, amen? And we can't approach him as sons and daughters, but we need to see him as king. We need to see him as Lord of lords, amen? In a healthy way. We see him and we, we see him as king and lord, but we how does he see us? Forgiven, redeemed, washed by the blood, sons and daughters. That's very important. Otherwise you'll live from a scared place hiding from him, not ever wanting to get close. No, 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 no. When he gets close, he brings forgiveness and grace. Amen. God doesn't shame you. If you just hear voices in your head like of shame, it's not Jesus. It's the enemy trying to keep you away from his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. So step one, get a good understanding of the all of God. Have you ever read the book of Job? It's real encouraging. (laughs) Do you notice how God answers Job? When Job's finally like, why is this allowed? Who are you to do this, God? Whatever, like, why is this allowed? There's no mediator between me, between God and man, which points to Christ. God's answer is something like this. He doesn't say, I'm so sorry, Job. I get it. Life's hard. I'm going to send my son. No, he says, he says, where were you? Whoa. (laughs) We can't make God just this puny little sweet God. He says, where were you when I set the stars in the sky, when I stopped the oceans? Man, have you ever been on a mountain? Have you ever been in the mountains? I don't know about you, when I see the, the greatness of God and I, I just feel with wonder, I'm like, whoa, this is how big our God is. It's getting in the ocean. The ocean, I mean, I, I, I don't like being in the ocean. I'm not gonna lie to you. Y'all are crazy. I mean, I can swim, but I'm not trying, you know what I mean? I'm past that age of adventure, I think. You know, like, man, I was on a boat with Andrew Ash, I think, one time, and we were, you know, my complete just... You know, just my competitive nature is like, oh, you're going to kneeboard. And I'm like, well, I have to because he's doing it. Son of a gun. Next day, my, I realized it, it's pretty dangerous. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the last thing I need. Why am I saying this? 
I mean, sometimes it takes looking at nature, looking at God's vastness and being like, whoa, God created this. God created these mountains. God created all of these things. And it moves us to understand how big that he is, that he can actually move mountains. And he even said to you, you will say to this mountain and it will be cast into the sea. He's also given us the same authority. So number one, we, we gotta get a good understanding of who he is, the miracles and things that he's done and given the proper place of respect, amen? Another one is we have to be, uh, we need to be aware of him in every moment of our life. So if you're a parent, sometimes you've used this as a fear tactic, but it's not really, it shouldn't be used as a fear tactic, but you'll say stuff like this, the Lord knows what you did. (laughs) You might be lying to me, (laughs) right? But the Lord no, and sometimes we do that in the wrong way because it's like he's watching you and, and he's there to shame you. And he knows and he's gonna smite you. It's just like, no, what we're trying to say is well, you can't hide anything from him, so you might as well live with an awareness of him and try to serve him fully. <laughs> I want you to understand, daughter, that he's there and he's there to love you and he's there to watch over you. And if we're born again, we wanna live pleasing to the Father. Just like our kids, they want to live pleased. Have you ever, let's just think about this. You know, the, the Bible would say in Psalms, ooh, Lord, help us. Hmm, I don't know. 139, seven and eight. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths of Sheol, you are there. It's saying like, gosh, the fear of the Lord also leads to an understanding of like, dude, God is around. He's watching. You cannot hide, right? You cannot be fake before him. You might as well open up to him and let him in because you're gonna be met with something you didn't think you'll be met with. You're gonna be met with forgiveness and grace and mercy. You know how we know that? Lamentations 3.23 says every day there's brand new mercies. God's like, oh, you screwed up yesterday. He wakes me up in the morning. He's like, hey, Mike, get up. I got some more mercy for today. (laughs) He doesn't say, you better not screw up today, you idiot. Like you did yesterday. Remember yesterday and all the stuff you did yesterday? I hope you don't do it again. That's the devil wants you to be stuck on a sin consciousness instead of what Jesus prayed for on the cross. He wants you to be stuck on this thinking. The sin has a hold on you. No, Romans says very clearly that you consider yourself a, a dead to sin and alive to Christ, alive to righteousness, right? That means I've been given everything according to life and godliness. What does that mean? That means with Christ, I can conquer sin, right? And the enemy's always gonna be there to say, look what you've done. So we need to live. Guys, when you live in an awareness of God is with me, he is watching, you will, you will act differently on your cell phone. Did you know in Matthew, it says that we will give an account for every word that we say, right? It's pretty deep. What did he say in the book of Revelation? He said, I know your works. He's basically saying, guys, I see what you're doing. So why are you trying to hide? So the fear of the Lord is a continual awareness of, man, God is in the room and he's watching over me and I don't want to grieve his spirit. How many of you know that my kids cannot do anything to stop me from loving them, but they can do things that are not pleasing to me? (laughs) 
They do it all the time, <laughs> right? Especially the younger they are. It's like, I, I, I screwed up. You hit your sister. You did this. You watched pornography. I don't know. You lied to me. You know what? I still love you. Because you know why? Because the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. Man, something that God's really been putting in my heart recently is I don't care who wrongs me or who comes against me, you're not going to stop me from loving you. And it might not be we're real close and best friends, but I'm going to keep my heart open. I'm going to keep my heart pure. I'm going to keep my heart unoffended, and I'm going to love you when I see you. And it messes people up when you see them face to face and you truly have love in your eyes for that person. And we might not go catch lunch again, but I love you. Right? I'm not going to hate you. We live in a constant awareness, church, that, man, the Lord is with me. He loves me, and he's here to help me. Right? But also, in the same sense, not thinking that, you can, that you're getting away with anything on this phone. You know what I mean? Pornography and things need to die in the church. They need to die. Amen? And if you need freedom from that, the Lord can set you free. He's in the business of setting captives free. I've been set free from it, and so can you. Amen? But even just, even as I was preparing this message, even as I got on my phone this morning, just remembering, man, the Lord, oh, Facebook, little Instagram, I'm like, man, so I'm just finding myself unfollowing things. Man, no, I want to please the Lord. I want to to please him, amen? Why? Because he loved me at my worst place. Not because I'm religious and I'm trying to be the most religious person in the room. No, because I want to love him back. I want to love him back the best of my ability. Also, another word for the word fear is 12 o'clock. Come on, somebody. I know the worship team gave me a lot of room today. Another word for fear, one of the first pretenses of the word in the Bible, which I really like this translation, it says to be cautious or apprehensive. So when you live in the fear of the Lord, church, you will, you will live your life in kind of a cautious way of like, ooh, should, should I say that? Okay, I probably shouldn't say that. Ooh, should I go there? I probably shouldn't go there. The fear of the Lord will have you being a little apprehension, apprehensive of who you're close friends with, who you're dating, where you work, because you'll be in constant awareness of like, all right, I want to please God in every avenue of my life. So I'm gonna be a little cautious with how I talk, with how I live, with where I go, with who, listen, for all you younger people or anybody in this room, to who you date, come on. Don't give part of your heart away to somebody who doesn't understand the love and mercy of Jesus and they don't understand unconditional love and your relationship will be based on conditions and as soon as those conditions are not met, the relationship is over, right? But can we live in a place where we're like, all right, Lord, I'm gonna be cautious of the decisions I make, right? Um, You ever notice with your kids, if they know that you can see them, they're a little more cautious before they disobey, right? Sometimes I was going outside and our kids are supposed to stay on the back porch if we're not out there so we can see through the window. I walked out the porch and Elena jumped up the stairs on the porch. Super obvious, you know? But when you're around, you notice that they do stuff like this, you know, they'll be like, 
You know what I mean? They will. It's just natural. You know, not because here's the reality. You ready? There is a healthy form of discipline. People who don't discipline their kids, you will have crazy kids. So there's a help. What does the Bible say about the Lord? As a father, he disciplines those that he loves. So there's a healthy understanding of walking cautiously for our decisions, knowing that we can get disciplined by the Lord. Come on, that's a good word. So we walk cautiously knowing that there is some discipline involved with being a son. And if you have good parents, which not all of us did, I understand, but knowing that he, it's not that he's there to punish you. How many of you know there's a difference between punishment and discipline? Punishment is you're going to feel the wrath of what you've done. Discipline is I love you too much to let you stay that way. <laughs> Listen, my kids want to run off in the street. They're going to get smacked. I know some of y'all are true. Oh my gosh, did he just say that? Yes, I just said that. There are, some, there are some times where the level of discipline, it just depends, right? But I need my kids to understand. I'm not smacking them. I'm not giving them a little spanking because I'm an evil father. It's because I'm trying to get them to get, oh no, you can't run in traffic. You can't grab the pot of the stove with full of hot water. This is not a game. We have some healthy fears, don't we? Our kids, we teach our kids some healthy fears. No, you do not run in the street, period. You do not grab the stove, period. You do not grab a knife, period. There are some healthy fears. If you're gonna get on top of this building, you're not probably gonna run around it with wet socks on sprinting. I know these are some deep illustrations. But there's some healthy fears that have some real consequences. But if we live cautious to God and like, hey, I don't wanna be disciplined. Who wants to be disciplined? I don't know, when your kids are real little, sometimes you're like, hey, if you do that, you're gonna get a spanking. Okay. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> some deeper heart issues going on that our kids can't get a hold of yet. But they'll, they'll act cautiously, right? And we need to do the same thing. God, I don't want to be disciplined by you. I don't enjoy this. I want to walk in the fear of the Lord. I want to walk in wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is simply doing what God wants. Doing what he says and doing what he wants. And if you walk in that, or if you walk in the fear of the Lord, or excuse me, the fear of man, the fear of man will have you doing what man wants. And the fear of man is in direct opposition with the fear of the Lord. Paul would say things like, if I wanted to please people, I wouldn't be a minister of the gospel, right? And I really felt this strongly in worship. God is putting and has put a lot of you in this room in business meetings. I just see like closed rooms, like fancy offices, business deals, and basically behind the scenes things. And I'm telling you right now, God is asking you to fear him in those meetings and not fear man and fear opposition. A lot of you will be, you will be held accountable. It, actually, God is placing you in those rooms to be a light shining in the darkness. And I'm here to tell you, always do what he says. Don't bow to the fear of man. Well, they're gonna think I'm weird if I do this. No, 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 no. We need to have a healthy fear of the Lord. Man, Jesus would even go on to say, you fear the ones who can harm the body, but not the one who after the body dies has the keys for heaven and hell. That's what he said. 
And so there's people in this room, you'll be in business deals, you'll be doing things, and you need to stop and say, God, what do you want? You need to be cautious, all right, Lord, what are you saying? When you're supposed to partner with someone in business and you feel a check in your heart, you need to not move forward. When someone, you're in a room and someone's making fun of Jesus or making fun of God and they're wanting you to join in, that's your time to, be, to stand up and say about what you believe, to be unashamed for the gospel. Because I'm here to tell you today, the Bible says if you basically disregard me in front of men, he says, I'll disregard you in front of my Father and his holy angels. So let that healthy fear of the Lord, when God has placed, there's business people in this room, and I just really felt that strongly. It's like maybe even some of you even recently have been in some situations with unbelievers where your integrity, that's the word, where your integrity is being questioned and your, your integrity is being put on the line. I'm here to tell you, those are tests that God is wanting you to walk in freedom and walk in victory. And he's calling you to. So if, man, if you need to, move jobs, if you need to come out from under bosses, whatever it may be, if people are asking you to do things that go against your convictions and your integrity, you need to leave. Come on, somebody. And the, you know why? Man, all right, I'm gonna end with this. Maybe we won't sing. You can sing on your way home. In tongues, if you want. You can be real spiritual. Come on. Proverbs 29, 25. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Don't get it twisted. This seems easier. No, it's not, it's a trap. Fear the Lord. You see this with David and Goliath. Goliath is bad-mouthing God. They're scared, they're fearing man. David has a right understanding of the God that he serves. And he steps up and says, dude, what? That's my translation. And he's like, you come at me with sticks. And he's like, no, I come in the, you don't, I come in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, bro. You know what I mean? I have an understanding of who my God is and I walk in a holy fear and reverence for him. So there are some promises. Uh, this is off a little article I found online uh, really quickly. Um, obviously, Jesus walked in the fear of the Lord. We know that in Isaiah uh, 11, 1 through 3, it says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Check this out. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus walked in this reverential fear of God. This was why, this was why Jesus was successful on the earth. Amen? He would say things like, hey, I only do and say what I see the Father do and say. That's the fear of the Lord. God, what are you saying? Okay. God, what do you want? Okay. God, what are you asking me to grow into? Okay, Lord. You're Lord and your master. Um, so a few benefits really quickly. Uh, the fear of the Lord brings no want. Look at scripture, Psalms 34, nine. It says, the fear, oh, the fear of the Lord, you saints, there is no want to those who fear him. Walking in the fear of the Lord, you walking in the promise that he provides for your family. Man, once again, if you are doing some, you are getting offered some weird type of business and you're struggling with like, what are we gonna do for money? The fear of the Lord, he provides, there's no want. There's your promise, amen? 
The fear of the Lord brings protection and deliverance. Psalms 34, seven, the angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him. Amen? There's some promises involved with these things. It brings wisdom. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And to man, he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. If you need wisdom, it starts with fearing God. And here's a tough one for people to swallow. The fear of the Lord brings riches, honor, and life. Check this verse out. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteous endures forever. Humility and reverence for the Lord will make you both wise and honored. He's given food for those who fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. So God will provide for you. He will take care of you. He will protect you. He will protect your family. Man, there's, let me say it like this. There's no safer place to be than the fear of the Lord. There's no safer place to be, and there's no more dangerous place to be than walking and needing the approval of men and the fear of people's opinions. Can we all be real? That's the, we're stuck with that reality all the time. What are people gonna think about me? What are my friends gonna say about me? And here's the reality, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the only thing that you will ever matter will be like, man, what did he say about me? And I, don't, I, I believe at this church, everyone in this room wants to stand before the king and hear him say these words, well done, good and faithful servant that will only be said to us walking in the fear of the Lord. Amen? Oh man, it's something God's drawn me, drawn me to. Listen to Pastor Stephen Beauchamp preach and teach. I'm like, man, this guy knows the Bible. I'm like, he, he was, he gave me like the ult, ultimate pastor flex. I did kind of the Kobe this morning. I was like, you got any scriptures for this morning? He's like, yeah, too many to count, man. And I was like, oh, excuse me. I'm just kidding. But it's like, man, he, he just, there's something about him that he just, he, he walks and he just, he has a reverence for God that I'm like, man, I, I need to grow in that. I want to grow in that. Not because I'm ashamed of where I'm at, because God's just saying, hey, there's more. There's more, Mike. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, there's more. Amen, amen. Mm -mm. Mm. Mm. Can I just get some keys this morning, actually, and we'll be done? I know you guys are really hungry. Maybe. Maybe you should just fast and learn how to fear God for the next seven days, just water. people that really got her like, oh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Can you stand to your feet? The goal of this message by, I hope you heard what I was saying. Don't let the enemy creep in. I'm not asking you to be scared and run from God by any means. God is calling his church in the reverential fear and respect for him that will actually take us into deeper places of worship when we gather. When we gather and you're sometimes like, man, I'm dry, whatever, walking in the fear and the reverence of the Lord will have, it will change the worship atmosphere in a room. We simply just put God in the rightful place. And I just feel like we just need to just have a, a prophetic moment this morning just to kind of activate this word. If you're like, man, God, I wanna grow and walk in the fear of the Lord, would you help me? Would you just lift your hands to heaven in this room? like, man, God, I need help. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hmm. The Bible 
Bible says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So Lord, I thank you right now for those who are humbling themselves before you. A mighty God, a holy God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Let these words not just be familiar repetition, but Lord, let them hit deep in our hearts this morning that you are the Lord of hosts that you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Lord, that you are Elohim, you are him. And how wonderful it is to be in your family and how appreciative, God, we just say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done, Lord. Always find us thankful. Always find us with our eyes fixed on you and saying, God, you are holy, you are righteous. We serve you wholeheartedly. So Father, I thank you for a supernatural grace to fall on everyone in this room to say, God, I, I wanna walk in the fear of the Lord. I wanna honor you with everything in my life. I wanna honor you with my tongue, with my, with my business, with my family, with my kid, with my property, with everything you have given me to steward. Lord, let me walk in wisdom. Jesus, let me treat you like a big deal that you are. God, I pray that I would give you the honor and respect that you deserve. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you just come and would you just seal the word deep in the hearts of your people, everything that was for them personally that you were trying to get to them, God, we just, can you even just say that out loud, Lord, I receive it. Just say this, let it bear fruit and let it multiply in Jesus' name. Can our prayer team come quickly? Hey, and maybe you're here today and you're like, man, this is all new to me. I have not surrendered my life to Jesus. I have not gave my life over to him and saying, I believe in your son. I believe you died for me. I know you love me. I know you'll forgive me. I want to follow you. I want to surrender to you. If that's you, I'm going to have you do something very bold because I believe um, that if, if you can't make that decision in front of a church crowd, it's going to be hard to live out that decision when you leave. So if you're here and you're like, man, I need salvation, would you lift your hand right now, just wherever you are, I need to be born again. I just want to take a moment. I don't want to miss out on an opportunity. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. So if you need that moment, and you, even after we pray here in a moment, Come down for prayer. Come to one of our altar team. I'd love for you to give your life over to him. Is there anybody at all? I just want to give a moment. I need to give my life to him. And I know people argue about this statement I'm about to make, but even if you need to rededicate your life or you need to, maybe you've been with him and you've, you've walked with him at times in your life and maybe you're far away from him, today is the day to come close to get back in that relationship. And if that's you, you can come now and pray with one of our people. We'd love to have you. Anybody, I see that hand. And if you're with that person, you can go with, come with them. Anybody at all. Awesome. So if you need prayer for healing in your body or anything at all, our altars are open, our prayer team is available. Let me just pray for you guys. Jesus, we love you, we bless you. Have your way in our church, have your way in this city, God. You're amazing, we love you, we honor you. For anyone in this room that's, 
still stuck on like, man, do I need to come down front? Lord, I pray that you just give them grace and peace and courage. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Can we put our hands together for Jesus this morning? And anybody else, man, please, before you go, we'd love to pray for you. If you raise your hand to come back to the Lord, please come down. There's no shame at these altars. Just grace and mercy and forgiveness. So look at your neighbors. Say, I love you. Say, if you love me, take me to lunch. Bless you guys. Have an awesome, awesome week. Be friendly on your way out as well.